Hi everyone, welcome back to Heavenland Devotions, or else known as the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. Well, I am glad all the holidays are finally over because I want to get back into the groove. Like, I felt really good today to be here. Like, I always feel good to be here, but there's that feeling of like, oh, the holidays are over and my heart is so invested and so full of the goodness and the word of the Lord that I just want to let this vessel pour forth the ointment of his name. And to me, there's nothing else better. So I pray you come hungry. I pray you come thirsty. So I'm going to pray to honor Jesus Christ. After all, he's the only reason why we're all here. Dearest Lord Jesus, I come to you this day, your humble servant, knowing that all things come of you and all things are from you. And that, Lord, our eyes are upon you. Our hearts are fixed upon you. Lord, we're all listening to you. And, Lord, even as I speak today, I pray you will be with my mouth. That, Lord, you will open my mouth. And you will put your words in my mouth. And that you will sanctify this little vessel. The simple, humble little vessel. That's meat for your masters, the master's use. Be glorified in this message and let your Holy Spirit bear witness to the things that you're speaking, Lord, and engrafting into their hearts by your word. I lay down my life before you. And I pray, Lord. I pray for the nether springs of heaven to flow down. Lord, into my heart, your life-giving flow, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, this is called Heavenland Devotions for one solid good reason, is that everything that I share with you is what I first received in my own devotions, because if I haven't tasted it and seen that it's good, how can I offer something to you that I haven't tasted myself? And I can honestly tell you, uh, my heart is full again. I love to let the living waters flow. And everybody is thirsty. And we know where to find our water. And in that prayer I just prayed, I said the nether springs. And I meant to say the upper springs. Because I was re thinking, not reading, but I was thinking the other day about when Caleb's daughter came to him and he knew she wanted something from him. And he asked her what did she what she wanted. And she said, Well, Father, you've you've given me the Southland. I pray also now that you would also give me springs of water. And immediately he answers and he says, I have given I will give you the upper and the nether springs. And I was thinking about those nether springs and that's i'm just going with the flow incidentally because i have something else i want to share but i wanted to share this with you because it was so sweet and i was uh thinking about how there's the upper and the nether springs he didn't just give her this the land he gave her the southern springs of water but he gave her the upper water the source of the lower waters of that south land 
And I always think about what it says about God's throne is on the sides of the north in heaven. And it will be on the sides of the north in the literal earthly kingdom of Jesus Christ on Mount Zion. So the nether springs I always refer to as when we have suffered so much in this life that those springs begin to go deeper and deeper within us. So we begin to draw from the nether springs that are within us and that source is from above. And so we have this artesian well of the sweetest waters that come from the source, which is Jesus Christ and the living, who is the living word. And before I go further, I want to say this, you know, there's been so much news going out about so many crazy things and very real things. And, you know, I don't want to even, you know, go into the details about it, but things that we are seeing that prophecy is coming to pass at rapid speed. Like we have never seen it come to pass. I guess I'll mention it, you know, like people were saying that they saw uh, those two creatures that were at that mall and people were screaming and running out and all these different things and what's happening with that seven-year plan that just was ratified in, I think it was New Delhi, that they would expedite the seven-year plan to uh, bring about a global climate change uh, over the whole world. And that would talk, that would include uh, just like a world that would only exist under the beast system. So uh, with all that say, being said, you know, an elections coming up and all this, you know where I find my peace outside of all of that? I say, yeah, the world is going to rage. People are going to fight for power. Satan's man of sin is going to appear sometime soon. People are already prepared to take the mark, all those things. But you know what? I have learned to hide in Christ, to tuck myself away in Jesus Christ. And what I want to say to you, and let me just say this too, because I know I'm kind of adding other things, but you know, I really struggled today about what I would share. And it was like, I really wrestled for two days. Like I was really wrestling in my spirit and I was coming up empty and I'm just seeing like all this like headline news and people making all these videos and these prophecy videos. But you know what? I found myself just getting, just getting before the Lord. And I said, Lord, I've got nothing. What do you want to say to your people? I said, I'm only a vessel and I'm not going to go ahead of you. And you know, he made it very clear about an hour before I came here. And actually, it was not just an hour before I came here. He he clarified it, but um, in devotions today, uh, in Exodus 24 is where I'm going to take off. But that he understood by my prayers that I was saying, what can I say? What What can I say to all these people, Lord? And he made it so clear in my heart that... Though these things are happening, that we are to keep ourselves in this place with him, that storms can't touch us, 
the blast of hell that rages against this nation, this world, won't be felt by us. I'm going to continue on with Exodus 24. In this account, Moses, in chapter 23, in the, um, the one before that, he lays out the law given to him on Mount Sinai. And so at the end of 23, he's done and he goes into 24. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to brief over it because it says, and God called to Moses and told him, come up to the mount, you and Aaron, and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders. And so he said, but all the people will stay here. So he went up to the, so before he went up to the mount, he read the words, um, he had just finished reading the words, like I said, to the people. And he wrote it down in a book. And the book of the covenant is what he called it. So at that point, he said he woke up one morning and he built a, he built 12 pillars pertaining to the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he got young men that he had offer burnt offerings and sacrifice offerings unto the Lord. And the people said, we will do whatever the Lord said and we will obey him. And then he took the blood and he put half of it in a basin and the other half, he sprinkled the book of the book of the covenant and he sprinkled the people. After that, it said, then the Lord's, then they saw, well, here it is right here. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. As it were the body of heaven in his clearness. And then I want to jump down. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me in the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of a stone and a law and commandments, which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God. And I'll skip down here. It says, and Moses went up into the mount and a, a cloud covered the mount and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like the devouring fire on top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up un into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. You know, when, I'm going to start right here. This is what spoke to me today. And I'm saying this, and I want you to keep in mind what I had just said to you, because you're in this world right now that's coming to an end in a thousand different ways. But the Lord said to Moses, come up to me. Before he just says, 
come up to the mount. Now he says, come up to me. You know, isn't it interesting how blood had to be shed? That's that burnt offering us uh, uh, represents the ultimate sacrifice of Christ and that shed blood from the cross. Then were they able, all of them, to see God sitting on his throne and know, and I don't, I didn't read this part, but it said in verse 11, and upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw God and that they did eat and drink. So there had to be bloodshed. And that just so speaks of Jesus Christ. I mean, we just see such type and shadows and all this, but let me keep going. It says, when God says, come up to me into the mountain, be there. That really meaning God was saying, be there means stay there and don't go away. And how often in this fast paced life and so many things happening at the same time, we're so quick to go away. I'm not talking about the routines of life. I'm not talking about deadlines and appointments. That doesn't mean it. That doesn't have any context here. But in our hearts, we go away. We get taken up by so many accounts. Like I just mentioned, the alien things, all these things. And they're real. And they are to be looked at and considered, especially those of us who are at the end. But be careful where your heart is taking you away. Because you see, we have not... We, we, have, we have, by the Spirit, uh, because Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood, though we haven't seen Jesus Christ, and we will one day in heaven or in the rapture, where it says the Lord himself shall come, descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. You know, it says, children, now are we the sons of God in another place. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, we shall become like him, for we shall see him as he is. So what I got from this is when he said, be there and I will give thee. And when I saw that and I will give thee, you see, God is a giving God. And he understands about this life that we're living in and how everybody is working two and three jobs, how the rents are going up and Food is going up. I'll tell you one thing right now. This is truly a call. This is truly a believe a call from the Lord. And I say it with conviction in my heart to you. And I wouldn't say it like that unless I was absolutely sure because I fear the Lord. He says, I will give thee tables of stone. You know, Jesus is the stone of Israel in Genesis 4925. So you see, he says, a law and commandments, which I've written that thou mayest teach them. See, I don't know if I'm going to go over all this. I think I'm not. I'm just going to breeze over it. He was there. It said he abode there six days. And on the seventh day, God called out to him like you saw me, heard me read. And then after he heard his voice, it said, Moses went up into the mountain, into the cloud, and he saw the glory of the Lord, the devouring fire. 
and not only them, the children of Israel. Moses went in the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And then he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. You know, and I think, you know, you look at this world and everybody's trying to find the Lord where they can find him at conferences or where they can find him. Uh, or, you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many, um, like Jesus says uh, in red letters in the gospels, he says, when they shall say unto you, look, he's here or look, he's over there. He said, believe it not. See, there's going to be all these false appearances of the Lord. I don't mean manifestations of his literal body, his glorified body. But be careful what your hearts are being led away with. Be careful these days about being so ready to just strike hands with somebody who's maybe going to lead you to a conference or lead you to a to whatever or not only that nowadays because i'm old school that just makes me remember like during the 70s 80s but nowadays think of all the youtube videos everybody's watching and they're so compelling and they do carry you away but one thing i have known is you see moses in his day was the only one yes he had aaron but in this part right here in chapter 23 we never hear of aaron being called again even his own sons offered up strange fire in Leviticus chapter 10. And they saw God. Aaron saw him. Moses saw him. And you know, once we have seen the living God, like in our, by the spirit, I'm not talking about a shape. That we're, we're we are, we are uh, happy. And say, no, we don't need to see him right now. Because we believe him. Remember Jesus said, blessed is he. Blessed are they who believe, though they have not seen him. In this crazy world that we're in, there's a, there's a place called there. Moses went up there. And he was there for many days. But notice how he waited there until he heard his voice. I mean, the word, the law and commandments, and all of it, he wrote down. But now he's called, okay, now you're going to come up to me. I want you to come to me. And you know, so many of us were so quick to go because our souls are so active in this life and in this world that we're always being pulled out that way. I agree sometimes it's hard, but you have to train yourself. We don't know what Moses was doing up on that mount, but that he was waiting. You know what I say? You could be in that mount waiting. You, you can say to the Lord, yes, Lord, I have to do a lot of things today. But I want to be in that mount in my heart while I'm driving, when I can get alone, maybe sometime in the night. When he says, go up to the top of the mount, come to me into the mount and be there and I will give thee. And I stopped right there because I saw, and I will give thee. See, God wants to give you things. He wants to give you understanding about what's going on in your life. 
He wants to give you peace. That kind that passes all understanding that guards your heart and your minds into the righteousness of the Lord. God wants to give you knowledge of himself and wisdom. He wants to give you things. Don't let this world, don't get so caught up in the fast moving current of this world that you're you're losing valuable time with him. Yeah, you know, people say, well, Joan, a hundred years ago, people didn't have computers or phones. Yeah, so, and we have them now and they do us good. But if it gets to the point that it overtakes the voice of the Holy Spirit, then then you're going to be like, you're going to be pushed around by this world and by the enemy. The enemy knows his time is short. The enemy knows all about time. He has timing for everything. He understands time. I think he understands time more than we really even think about it. Do you? Do I? Do we understand time? You know, when you think about people, I was reading an article or I watched a video one day and it showed this couple, they were pulled over by police because they were, the guy was fully speeding. They were like probably 20 year olds. And then they were give, they were warned and then they took off. That policeman was given a call that there was a horrific accident and he got there and it was the same children. And according to, for, uh, forensics they were going 125 miles an hour and died instantly and now they're in eternity you see there is an eternity we need to think more about not to be so fixated on this world you want to be ready for jesus christ whether in death or in the rapture or if he should tarry that your heart is living in a way that's, I'm not talking about like, oh, any minute, any minute I can die. That's not what I mean. But you know what? When you're alive in Jesus Christ and you're, you're, uh, you know, that, that there's a fire shut up in your bones and you're, you're in the word all the time. The, being in the word all the time to a lot of people, it's like, it's drudgery to them. They're like, I'm tired. I can't read it. I'm sidetracked. I'm not judging them. They probably are. But one thing I will tell you this, and it is true, that God will give you, he will arrange things in your life and give you the ability to partake in the words of life. I think of the place where he said, Mount Sinai, come up to me and be there. There came a day he had to come down off that mount and teach them. And, you know, there comes a day, too, for us where we we go in our hearts like there is like a there's like a mountain in our hearts. There is a a Mount Zion that we go to. And we will be there and we say, Lord, I, I got to go to work. I got to make this happen. But in my heart, I've done it. I know I'm speaking from experience where I've purposed in myself. Yeah, I got to answer phones. I got to do faxes. I got to do all this. But I'm telling you right now in this deeper place in those nether springs, there's another life in me. 
and though I'm doing this external work, my heart is yearning and looking to that heavenly Mount Zion. And I'm saying this, that there is a Mount Zion in my heart. And I pray there's one in yours too. You know, Jesus had his Mount of Olives. Elijah had his Carmel. Moses had his Sinai. Even the disciples, the, the 11 of them, said they met the resurrected Christ on a mount. They met him up there. And, you know, during Jesus's life, you know, we hear uh, the angels, you know, singing that Christ is born, right? A child is born, all of that. And, and it says, and there was there in heaven, angels singing, singing and proclaiming, and they went away into heaven. And then the disciples went where Jesus was as a baby, and there they saw him. And when Jesus was on, on earth, he was in different locations, and there he was. He was, it said he was, John the Baptist was baptizing people, and Jesus, uh, John the Baptist was baptizing people, and Jesus went there, and there he abode. You know, there's so many places I can take you right now. You know, where Jesus, I can say he was there. He was there in the blind man blind man's house. He was there at Lazarus' house after his resurrection, when he resurrected him from the dead. I'm sure Lazarus was enjoying laughter with Jesus, watching his face smile. What about Mary? Martha, she went out to meet Jesus. Where have you been? If you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. And then remember, she went home and she tells Mary. Actually, he told that to Mary. But when Martha went to tell Mary that he was a little distance from the house, she said, he's there. And it said, and Mary ran to him. You see, even Martha, not Martha, Mary Magdalene, when Jesus was in the tomb, she went there. She even told the gardener, tell me where you have taken his body, where you have put him. See, he was, she thought he was somewhere else. But you know what? We we can have our Mount Zion in our hearts and we could live in this world and not be a partaker of it. Jesus said, if any man serve me, let him follow me that where I am, there shall also my servant be. Remember, Jesus says, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. He said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will go and come back again and receive you unto myself for where I am, there ye shall be also. You know, what about 
what the angel said, go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And you know, the holy city in the millennial kingdom, it says in the name of that city from that day shall be called the Lord is there. And you know, the other day I was in prayer and I was thinking again, like, cause when you get older, you really start thinking about the things that God brought you out of and brought you through. And you see it with such greater crystal clarity. Just like the clear body of heaven that God was sitting on his throne in and that sapphire under his feet, it was referred to as the clear body of heaven. But things become clearer to you. and God starts giving you, he begins to, I think your soul is, see, we're always being prepared as a people to go to heaven. We are the portion of the Lord. It says the people of the Lord, it, the people of God is the Lord's portion, but the Lord is our portion. And we are a people that are passing through this earth. And you know what? I'm glad we can't take anything with us when we leave here because we're going there. And while we're here, I can say, Lord, the Lord is there in my heart. I could go anywhere and say the Lord is there. And we know that God loves location because we know he's there in heaven. We know that he'll be in Jerusalem one day, seated on his throne. He'll be there and all nations will flow in to worship Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles. And I think of that word that Paul says, but what saith that the word is nigh thee? It is in thy mouth, even in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we profess. It says it's already there. The Lord is there. Is the Lord there in you? Because I'll tell you something right now. If the Lord is there inside of you, then there's nothing that's going to befall you in this world. There is nothing. You may feel things come to you and hurt you, but I'm going to tell you right now because I have tasted of the Lord. You know where I tasted of the Lord and can say he's good? When I was in the fires, when nothing was going right for me and everything was going wrong. I tasted of the Lord and my eyes were opened and I saw that Jesus is good. And so much of this is so commercialized. Taste and see that the Lord is good on wooden placards and things, but no, there's something more. You know, Jesus says to the disciples, those two men, the disciples of, of, of uh, John the Baptist, they were following Jesus one day when Jesus left from where John was baptizing and he turned around and he saw uh, Andrew, Peter's brother, and another man who were both the disciples of John the Baptist. And Jesus said, what, what do you, what do you, what do you want? You know? And they said, where do you, where are you dwelling? Where do you dwell? And he said, come and see. So there's always this invitation, come and see, come and taste, come behold the lamb. Come and dine. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. The door is so wide open for you right now. I was talking to a brother in the Lord. And, oh, I was going to read something out of here, but I'm not. And, but I'll remember the best I can. 
and he was telling me about someone that he knows is going through the trial of his life. He's going through something that was like Satan exploded everything in this person's life. And I said, this person is a believer and God knows what he's doing. And as you know, even it says in the word and Job, what are the first words of Job five call now and see if there be anybody else that you can turn to. He said, I'm it turn to me. And the whole chapter is what I've stood on for decades of my life. Those chunks of that chapter became a bulwark that never failed me. The Lord cannot fail you just as it is impossible for him to lie. The Lord is your strong tower. The Lord is a shield about you. He that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. You know, this person will come out of it. And I want to end with this. In this life, in this year, 2024, we better be very sure where we are placing our footsteps. This is the most critical, I believe, year we're ever going to see. And it just got started. Today is the seventh. And I was thinking about Joshua. Joshua chapter 2, he got everybody ready. He said, gather you your victuals for this. In three days, we're crossing the Jordan. And when they got to the Jordan, he told the, the priests, we're told, they have to put their feet in the water first. See, before the water parted and they then they went on dry ground. But they're going over the Jordan. They had to put their, the priests had to put their feet in the water. It never said they went on dry ground. And so when those priests put their feet in the water, yes, it, it the waters abated. It's, they stayed at the top. But it never said the land was dry under that. But the people had to walk through that. And the steps, I'm sure, seemed uncertain. But each step had to be determined. Make sure that every step you take are determined steps. Maybe there was a little bit of water left where they couldn't see where their foot was being placed. And with each step, they took a determined step as long as those priests held the ark in the middle of the river until everyone made it over on the other side. You know, we all talk about in old hymns, the River Jordan, going to heaven. God will get you there. And as we're going into this chaotic, nightmarish, crazy world and things we've never seen or heard of before, that you can rest knowing that the one that you profess in your mouth and is in your heart, he will not fail you. And make also certain of this. And this is the final thing. I am going to look at it right now. Today, I was reading uh, in Psalm, 
let's see here, in Psalm 89. You know, notice when you say, I'm going to do something, or I'm going to try to do something, or like that. Um, there, there's a weakness to that, because you're not really solid that you will. There's kind of something like a something left open. Like, I'm, I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go and do it. You know, God is very deliberate. You notice how when he speaks to us in his word, he says, I will, I will, I will, I will. Whether it's where he's giving a judgment to the wicked, something in coming in the future. But he says, I will, all these I wills concerning his care for our life. But I noticed something, and the Holy Spirit was really moving in me, and it was during a time of prayer. And I said, Lord, I want, and I was using this word want. And I just felt so weak in that moment, and I said, no, I don't want to do it. I will do it. And all of a sudden, something changed. Something shifted in me. I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, I may use that word once in a while, but I make up my mind. When I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. Notice how it sounds. Notice how it changes. When somebody says to you, um, well, okay, um, yeah, sure, I can do it, or I'll do it, or how about this? No, I will do it. You know, you think I will magnify the Lord with praise. I will glorify him forever and ever. I will talk about his righteousness, and I will speak about his goodness all day long. I will utter the mighty acts of the Lord. I will worship at his footstool. I will trust in the Lord as long as I live. See how it changes? I love how it says here, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie unto David. Like, listen to how that sounds. God is very clear. There's no crack. There's no loophole. There's no, do you think he really means it? When he says, I will, that means absolute, absolute. So make determined steps. When it comes to Jesus Christ, he paid for your life. And his life is in lieu of yours. So take the determined steps. I love what it says here, and I'll finish. Psalm 86. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. Think about that. He even took it into eternity. Don't just lead. Have a now faith. Always consider eternity and say, I will, I will sing of thy mercy forever. And I will praise thy name to all generations. You know why you will sing of his mercy forever? Because his mercy fails not. And every word that God has spoken in that, where he says, I will, he will. He will. It's for the believing. Praise the Lord.
make your heart Mount Zion. You can go up to that mount anytime. Like the woman in Song of Solomon, before the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will get me unto up to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. When you will something, you have willed yourself into the will of God in service and obedience, which is the greatest sacrifice. And as long as you do the right thing and that you are pleasing in his sight, God will bless your water. He will bless your bread. You will not dwell in the house of the wicked cursed. He will go before you. For righteousness hath gone before you and will will set you in the way of his steps. So make determined steps and make your let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And remember when you talk to him, say, I will. I will, God. I'm willing to be willing. Amen. The Lord bless you, strengthen you. I pray a door of faith and utterance be opened unto you. And I pray that your eyes be opened like Moses and all those that were with him. And that in a spiritual sort of way, you will see God seated upon a throne and the sapphire under his feet in the clear body of heaven. God bless you.